You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors. I'm Corey Janoff, joined as always by Rochelle Vanderzanden. Hey, guys. And today, we want to talk about an evergreen subject, which is timing the market. Um, and trying to time the market. And we'll actually talk about some strategies for timing the market for those of you that feel so inclined. Um, But maybe just, you know, a little backstory on this subject matter. You know, we often come across prospective clients who might be sitting in cash um, in their portfolios or just in their bank account, and they're not really sure how to go about investing, what to do with it, where to invest, where to start. And, and, and maybe, you know, this is common too, we, we, they're waiting to invest because the stock market's at an all-time high and they read an article or talked to a friend and, you know, or, you know, saw someone on TV that's predicting a stock market pullback, which every day someone's predicting a stock market pullback. You know, you'll never see a day that goes by without that. Um, even if the market's already pulled back, you'll find someone that's predicting it'll go back further. But uh, you know, maybe that's making them nervous, and then they're just hesitant to take the plunge and and invest that large sum of money. And you know, and that's okay. You know, it's scary. You know, investing a large sum of money is scary. You wouldn't be human if you weren't a little bit nervous about throwing a bunch of money into the stock market. Stock market's a scary place. Um, you know, kind of to try and you know, turn it into a medical analogy, put yourself in your patient's shoes. You know, you see, you know, sick people in particular sets of ailments on a daily basis, but for your patients, this this isn't a daily ritual. It's it's a new and novel thing, and it's uncharted territory for them. And you know, maybe you see a patient, you propose a treatment plan that gives them the best odds of success because you know the research, you know the data, you know what's most likely to work. Um, but you know the patient might be hesitant. They might not want to go into that treatment plan, or maybe they have some additional questions, or want to get second opinions, or they read an article that said they should try this, you know, or a blog, or you know, talk to an uncle or something. And um, you know, maybe they don't follow your advice or recommendations because, again, it, it's kind of scary, you know, going through that treatment plan. What if it doesn't work? What if something goes wrong? Um, you know, maybe they, they delayed coming to you in the first place because of all those what ifs and they don't want to, you know, face the, you know, the, the, those possibilities. And, um, you know, and again, it, you know, just being scared, being nervous, that's part of being human. You wouldn't be human if you didn't have those emotions. Um, you know, and people like Rochelle and I can help you know, on the investment side, people determine what an appropriate strategy is that mixes best course of action with the human emotions and and find a satisfactory plan that suits your needs. But I think, you know, for today's course of action, let's, let's kind of talk about some of the data about timing the market and, and, you know, where the odds are in your favor or not in your favor, and then some other strategies to ensure you can ultimately achieve your financial goals. So Rochelle, where do you want to start? 
Yeah. I think it, it's natural to want to hold on to cash because it feels safer. And I think that's that's why a lot of people do that. Like, I want to have this cash available to me. If I put it in the market, it's at risk. And there should always be some amount of cash that you have. Like, that should be there. That's your emergency reserves. We don't want that in the stock market. But really, with, with money beyond that, that's the money that – it's just going to be doing more for you and like helping you build your long-term goals if you can get it working for you. Um, and I think that the the problem is where people decide to get started sometimes. And it's, you know, they're being misguided by friends or the media and they think, okay, we're, I'm going to learn so much about this so I can do it right and I can invest at the right time. But in reality, like nobody can predict the future with 100% accuracy. Like you might get lucky once in a while if you decide to like do a whole bunch of research and decide on a specific time to get into the market. But really it's like, you know, flipping a coin. Sometimes you're going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. And, you know, that that being wrong can actually have some bit, pretty big impacts on your portfolio as a whole. So ideally, like when you're doing that, it means you have to time the market once when you're getting into the market, when you're buying, like buying at a low point, and then you have to time it again right when you're exiting the market and selling out at a, at a higher point. And it's not great odds that you could do that. Most of the time, it makes a lot more sense just to get in earlier because you have three to one odds that your investment will rise in value over the next 12 months. Three out of four years, the market is up. So it's usually the best strategy just to get your money in the market. Just get it working for you, especially if it's a long-term money. Like, we don't care if that money is higher or lower really at the end of the year. Obviously, like, we want it to be higher, but that's not when you need the money. When you need the money is when you get to retirement. And if you invest now, like, the odds are absolutely in your favor that that money will be worth more when you get to retirement. Nothing's guaranteed if something really crazy happens. Potentially, that doesn't happen. But generally speaking, the stock market goes up over time, and that's what we're hoping to participate in. So statistically, investing a lump sum of cash, like all at once, like early on, is better than than trying to just pick a time, basically. Um, yeah, I, and I think sometimes people are like, like Corey said, talking about the market's at all time highs, like this is not a great time to be investing. But at the same time, the market is often at all-time highs. And then it often continues to increase. And we often see clients just sitting on money because of that reason. And then, you know, maybe they wait two years for a point in time when the stock market is down 10%. But really, you know, from when they waited two years ago, the stock market was already up 30%. And now we waited for this 10% downturn, but really we missed out on a big chunk of growth in the meantime. So even sometimes when the stock market goes is higher yeah. than the high point today, kind of what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, long story short, everything's really unpredictable. So trying your hand at predicting it, you might get lucky once in a while, but chances are, like long term, it's not going to be a great strategy. Yeah, I like that coin flipping analogy. I mean, you know. 
you, you can flip heads 10 times in a row, there's about a one in a thousand chance of that happening. You can, you can guess right 10 times in a row for sure. There's about a one in a thousand chance. Um, but you know, odds are to be able to consistently repeat that over time, um, is going to be challenging. And yeah, just, just playing the odds, you know, it's, it's like, you know, going forward on fourth and two, you know, odds are you'll convert. Um, you, you may not, but odds are you will. And same thing with investing. Odds are your investments are going to rise in value over time, assuming you're in, you know, broadly diversified, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, if you look at the U.S. stock market, like you said, Rochelle, three out of four years, it's, it's higher 12 months from now than it is to today. So just, just again, playing the odds in your favor, you, you got a three to one chance of, of investing now working out better for you than waiting, uh, which also means if you're trying to time the market, if you're waiting to invest, you're thinking, oh, it's at an all time high, I'm going to wait a few months, see if it pulls back a little bit, like the odds are stacked against you three to one that you'll be correct. Like, you know, three out of four times, you're going to be wrong in that scenario. So just throw it in, know that there's a chance it could go down. But like you mentioned, Rochelle, short-term money, if you need the money in the next five years, it shouldn't be anywhere near the stock market to begin with. So we're talking not your emergency fund, not the money you need for a home down payment or a home project in a couple of years. This is the money that we plan to earmark for the long run. We don't need anytime soon. You know, let's just remove thought from the equation and throw it all in at once and, and set it and forget it and you know close your eyes for 20 30 years and you'll be pleasantly surprised with what it grows to and i think you know even even more dis- difficult than trying to predict what direction the overall market is going to go is trying to predict what sectors are going to do well from one year to the next um you know we've got for those of you watching on youtube or on our website for those of you listening on audio, this isn't the best idea. But uh, you know, I just pulled up a chart that kind of shows uh, about a dozen different sectors uh, in relation to one another over the last 20 years, and what's performed better from the best to the worst. And you know, like this past year, 2021, large U.S. stocks did the best, and international bonds did the worst. Last year, small U.S. stocks did the best, and real estate did the worst. You know, and just kind of looking at that real estate one here, if we look over the last five years, 2017 real estate, this is global real estate, not just the U.S., but it was up a little over 10%. 2018, it was down 5.5%. 2019, up 22%. 2020, down 9%. 2021, up 26%. So it's a roller coaster ride. You know, I know a lot of doctors are, are, are gung ho on real estate, and we're big fans of it too. But it, it's it has its ups and downs. It's not always going to be the best. It's not always going to deliver positive returns. And you could point to any sector: international stocks, emerging markets, debt, uh, U.S. cat, like you name it. Like everything has its its positive years. Everything has its negative years. Um, you know, one thing isn't always going to be the best. So that's where being broadly diversified and removing that thought and guesswork from the equation. Uh, I think long-term you'll probably be far better off. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, in general, when people are approaching investing, they, they're coming up against a lot of people that are trying to do this for a living, like mutual fund managers, and like they can't time the market right half the time. Like, why do we expect that we can do it? Um, there are some strategies that 
financial advisors and you know investors have used for a long time to to sort of try to time the market without timing the market one strategy is called dollar cost averaging and basically that's just the idea that you instead of putting a big chunk of money in the market all at once you break it up in smaller chunks and you invest it at regular intervals so instead of doing $25,000 today we say we're going to invest $5,000 per month for 5 months and you just do it on the first of the month, each month, and then you get all of your money in the market. And the idea is that when you do that, you space out your contributions. So if we're buying on a high day today, maybe next month we get to buy on a low day, maybe the next month we're buying on a high day, maybe the, you know, and so on and so forth. But there has been a lot of research done even on that lately. Um, there's a great blog called Of Dollars and Data with um, Nick, I think, what's his last name, Corey? I don't know how to pronounce it. Maggiuli? Maggiuli. something Italian. like that. Maggiuli. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he did some research on this and looked at the last 60 years and basically concluded that when you're investing a lump sum, even if you used like a 100% bond portfolio, which is, you know, we expect to lower returns from a bond portfolio. It's still statistically high at a higher return on average than dollar cost averaging over 24 months. So there's about a 50-50 chance that, yeah, I guess so a slight tilt in the bond favor, not necessarily guaranteed. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed in, in investing. But still, even taking a very conservative approach, that generally works better than, than waiting and investing over time. If you are really wary of doing that lump sum into an all-stock portfolio or into a portfolio that's as aggressive as is appropriate for your time horizon, then it can make sense to maybe just start with a portfolio that's a little bit more conservative, but still get it going all at once. Um, and just, you know, with the odds, it definitely seems like being invested for longer is more powerful than using any sort of strategy to just try to to figure it out and try to you know play games i guess yeah the time in the market you know especially the longer time you give it the the more the data skews in favor of just getting invested so in order to give yourself longer time you need to invest today yesterday ideally and you'll get you know more time in the future to be invested as a result and therefore statistically speaking the odds are in your favor to to see better returns and i i, I love that analysis that he did you know of all right do we want to invest in an all stock portfolio an all bond portfolio a, a hybrid portfolio or do we bleed it in over over regular intervals over a period of time and in every single simulation that was run whether it was all stock, all bond, some combination, throwing the money in all at once statistically gave you better odds of having a higher value tomorrow than bleeding it in over regular intervals over a period of time. Um, so again, if, if we're just removing thought, emotion from the equation and just playing the data, playing the statistics, you know, it's the, the, like you have better odds of just throwing it all in at once, getting invested. Now, again, Humans, we're emotional. We like we may not be able to stomach being invested in the stock market. That's where finding a, a an appropriate mix, like it, it, just being invested, is better than investing in something and then panicking and pulling out and and missing out on a potential growth spurt. 
Like if, you know, maybe you, you don't have the intestinal fortitude to be in an all stock portfolio and that's fine. You know, being in a 50, 50 stock to bond portfolio that you can stick with for 30 years is probably going to lead to better results than a, an all stock portfolio that, you know, get in and out of because you, you get spooked by the ups and downs that the market is guaranteed to deliver. If there's one guarantee I'll make about investing, it's that you will see your portfolio go down in value from time to time. And, you know, on average, every year, it'll go down by a double digit percentage. Every five years, it's going to go down by 30% or more on average. So you will see significant drops in your portfolio over time. But in order to participate in all the growth that we've seen throughout history, you have to accept those periodic downspurts. You know, it's like Tom Brady, you got to accept his his interceptions and incompletions in order to win games and Super Bowls. You know, you can't have one without the other. They go hand in hand. They go together. So there's going to be a few bad days, but you have to accept those in order to participate in all the good days. And I think we got to remind ourselves, you know, the stock market is kind of this nebulous thing that um, you know, people throw money in and see it go up and down on a computer screen. But in reality, what is the stock market? You're investing in the great companies of America and the rest of the world. Like you're owning a share of those businesses. And as long as there's people on this planet, they need to eat, they need to buy things, they need to, you know, put clothes on and, you know, give their babies diapers, you know, and what, you know, food, etc. Like as long as there's people around, there's opportunities for companies to deliver goods and services to us and therefore opportunities for investors in those companies like you and me to participate in their profits over time. So keep that in mind. You're not just investing in some random ticker symbol. You're investing in a company that has revenues and cash flows and profits and customers, you know, and you're you're betting that over time, like history for the last, you know, however many hundreds of years um, since we've had publicly traded companies, that you're going to see those companies deliver profits and therefore you're going to benefit in the long run from participating in that profit growth. Yeah. I think sometimes we have these urges to like just try. <laughs> like I really just want to like, I want to beat it. I, I want to be that person. I really think I can do it. <laughs> and like we get that. I think that that's fine too. Like if you're really going to try to time the market, just do it not in your retirement accounts. Set up some sort of play account. Invest money that you can afford to lose or maybe just not be as successful with because long term, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, and in the short term, you could make some gains. You could potentially do really well. And maybe at that point, you sell and you take your runs and you move on. But it, it's more than likely that you know you try to get in and out and over long periods of time like it's probably not going to be as good as like just your your boring strategy and your retirement plans and your your more longer term strategy but you know there's nothing wrong with with trying your hand at it there really isn't some people can be really successful at it and it doesn't it doesn't hurt to do that with money that you're not depending on yeah, i think that's key so if, if if there is a successful strategy for timing the market it's it's do it with that excess money which requires you to have some discipline within your overall finances. So first and foremost, let's make sure we get on track 
for our, you know, important financial goals with a systematic savings plan, you know, take the guesswork out of it. Every paycheck, we put a certain percentage away for retirement. We put some towards the mortgage, other debts, student loans, put a little away for the kids college. Um, you know, just, just make sure your financial plan is on autopilot. And then once we have all of our financial goals on track, to a satisfactory level to where, hey, it looks like with high confidence we'll be able to retire by at least this date. Um, you know, we'll have enough to cover at least this much for college for the kids. Mortgage will be paid off at this time, whatever is satisfactory for you. Once we're on track for that and we have that baseline established and you're content with it, okay, now we can look at having that play account where we, we dabble and try and time the market with, with the extra money that that we possess now in order to have yeah. that and some go ahead, Rochelle. no i was just gonna say like there's a couple of things as as far as like making sure your financial goals are on track that that you can do and automate so like in your 401k if you can afford it you can try to front load it a little bit you know like if it takes 10 percent for you to max it out over the full calendar year and get to that max in december maybe early on in the year you you set it at 30 percent because if research has shown us anything, it's time in the market is a good thing. So if we can get money in earlier, that's a good thing. So, you know, set yourself up so that you can be as successful as possible if you have the cash flow to do that. And then that's where those extra things can come in. Um, and then you can kind of set up some parameters for yourself. Like, like this is what I'm going to do and, and have a, like an outline ahead of time so you don't get too excited and like jump into things when, when maybe it's not appropriate. Like decide on what you think is appropriate ahead of time. Like let's say if the market drops by 10%, I invest 10% of my money. But if it drops 20%, then maybe I, I do 20% of my money or my excess cash that I have. Um, or, or you can do something more aggressive than that. Like maybe it's if it drops 20%, I put 50% of my cash in the market or all of my cash in the market. Like you can decide on whatever it is, but just try not to leave too many of those decisions up to like what your emotions are at the time. I think a good example is March of 2020 where, you know, things really started to drop out and there were lots of people that, that put money in you know, when things were down like 10% and then we ended up like 35, 40% down. And, you know, however long people had been holding on to that money, they probably like investing it when the market was 10% down probably wasn't that advantageous to them. Um, but, you know, for folks that waited longer and got some money in towards the end of March, those people made a lot of money. And so there there can be ways to, to do this and do it successfully, but it's honestly, it's more luck than anything else. Well, even those people that invested in early March when it was down, you know, 10% or so, they still yep. benefited because at the end of the year, they, they finished a lot higher than that entry point that they got in on. And today, shoot, what are we, like double what it was in March of 2020? It's, you know, bonkers what yeah. the stock market's been doing the last several years. Pretty impressive. Um so yeah, it, it kind of just gets back to the timing piece. We can't predict it. We don't know when the right entry point is. You don't know how far things are going to drop or or you know when they're going to rebound and how much. So I, I like that idea of setting the parameters um, ahead of time with the extra cash. And that's in order to have the extra cash, we kind of have to get back to the fundamentals of living below our means. You know, financial planning is it, it's pretty simple. You know, make money, spend less than you make, invest the difference. 
And, you know, the less you spend, the more difference there is to, to play with and do things with to achieve your financial goals. So if we're fortunate enough to have all of our goals on track and still have extra money that we quote unquote, don't know what to do with. All right, there's our play money that we can time the market with if we feel so inclined, if we don't want to just throw it all in at once and invest more to get ahead quicker. Um, but yeah, setting those parameters. All right, if it's down 10%, we put 10% of our cash in. If it's down 20%, we put 20% in. If it's down 30%, we put 30% in. You know, that'll between 30 plus 20 plus 10, there's 60% of the cash right there. So, you know, if it goes down further to 40%, the rest goes in and now you're fully invested and, and just wait, give it time, let the rebound eventually happen. And, uh, and then, you know, you'll be fat and happy one day. Yeah. And it might take a while. I think the whole, like everything that happened in 2020 was pretty unusual. Like it, it dropped fast and it recovered quickly. And just know that you may have to wait a lot longer than you waited in 2020 for, for returns to really recover. Um, and it doesn't mean that like you weren't successful in your strategy because especially if that's a long-term money, again, it doesn't matter like what the balance is at the end of the year. It matters what it looks like when you go to take that money out when you actually need it. And that's one thing that we didn't talk about very much today. Like we talked a lot about when to get into the market. It's probably more important that you don't exit the market at the wrong time. Like if we sell out of our portfolio when, you know, there's still a lot of gains to be made or when markets are down quite a bit because you're scared that they're going to go down more, that is a very good way to lose money. And it's not really something you can recover from. Like it, it affects your long-term returns for a long time. Like there's not really a way to get that money back once you've lost it. So that's another thing. Just be cautious with yourself, you know, understand what your risk tolerance really is. Like if you're a person and you understand that those kinds of situations could potentially lead to you selling investments, maybe be a little bit more conservative, like Corey was saying earlier. Yeah, I think that's an important caveat is, you know, if we do this, quote unquote, timing the market, purchase when things come down, if and when they come down, the, the key to, to really benefiting is to leave it there and don't sell. So you, you, you time with purchases only, not not exits. So there's only one decision to make, and that's the entry point. Once you've entered, you'll leave it alone and give it time to do its thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to do it with consistent accuracy over time. Most of the time it makes sense to not try, but <laughs> if you want to do it with a little extra money, there's no harm in doing that. You know, you can treat it kind of like gambling, honestly. It's like buying lottery tickets or something like that. Um, and data tells us that, you know, if you give yourself long enough time in the market, it's probably going to be better than waiting for the right moment. Um, and you you got to be prepared for those those unpleasant time periods <laughs> when things will go wrong at least temporarily i don't even know if be prepared just just expect it yeah. it will happen and it will happen just grab on like hold on tight you know you're on the roller coaster you'll eventually get to you know the stopping point where you can get off 30 years from now but uh just just hang on it's gonna be okay and uh and, and yeah, no guarantees, of course, compliance, you know, the market may never, ever go up again, <laughs> um, which if that's the case, we got bigger problems to worry about. So you know, our money is not a, a problem or a concern at that point. We're, we're trading sticks for stones 
uh, if if the market goes to zero. So, um, so yeah, just have some faith, buy and hold, leave it alone, and and you know the the magic ingredient is time. The more time you give it, the more likely you'll see growth, and the greater that growth likely will be. Definitely. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a good one. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on thefinitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC.